What's up, guys? My name is Kristen. My name is Sarah. And be sure to buy your man a therapy session because it's the Red Rum and Red Wine podcast. say buy your man buy your mans oh i'd say why why is that (laughs) i'd say person but you know i said last episode i was going to be non-biased and talk about the mans of the world so today we're talking about some men's some men's issues that go on in the true crime community ah Hmm. male factors male victimization it happens <laughs> so grab you a drink i got my white claw i got my oak leaf because mm. today we are talking about a really fucked up story about a guy named earl silverman so a little trigger warning content warning before we get started uh this case does involve suicide so if it's something that you are not wanting to hear today go ahead and click off but if this is something that you are interested in, which it is a very interesting case to talk about, and definitely we'll get a discussion going between us, hopefully. Let's talk about our guy named Earl Silverman. Earl Silverman was originally born in Montreal, Canada, and then in 1978 makes his way over to Calgary. Um, Now, though he is an advocate, you know, for men's rights, and he is a speaker on domestic abuse relationships i couldn't find much detail on his experience with his wife all i know is that it was violent and it was to a point where earl felt that he needed to leave the situation so there was a night where he just decided he was going to leave if he needed to survive if he needed to move on with his life he needed to get out of that house and it's while he's walking out of this house that He starts looking around and he's like, all right, well, where am I going to go? You know, we hear all the time that if a woman is in a domestic violence situation, like go to a woman's shelter, they'll take you and your kids in no problem. But at the time when Earl's walking around, he can't find anything that will help a man that's publicly funded other than anger management classes. Of his experience walking around the city and trying to find a place to sleep, Earl would say that as a victim, he was re-victimized and that having these services tell him that he was not a victim, but he was the predator, which, I mean, it does screw... If the only thing that men are told is like, oh, go to anger management, it's the same thing that we tell like, oh, boys don't cry. So it's like the only emotion that I feel like men are allowed to safely express without like being judged is anger. So it's funny that these anger management classes are the only thing that's like available to them. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's weird just because also men are more often seen as the abusers in domestic violence situations. Mm -hmm. And so that's why anger management classes exist partially is because after because you get an offense or arrested, you are required probably to attend those classes and yeah, no other I, resources. It's probably like a very safe assumption that if there's a domestic violence call coming, like I can assure you that those people probably assume it's the male and more times 
or not more times than not, but like they just assume because statistics say that more times than not, it is the male. But it's funny just because of that, we're allowing this 20% of males that do end up getting victimized to just completely go under the radar. And it's just like, oh, because it's a woman beating you, it's not going to be as bad as if it were a man beating you. It's just like, it's a very weird mentality that we just say like, you're being victimized, but it's not in the right way for us to want to help you. Right. So upon making this discovery that, you know, he lives in a society where male victims aren't victims, he spirals into self-abuse. He said that he, for a long time, lived off Johnny Walkers and cigarettes and the contemplation of committing suicide in between. So it was just a very rough life for him. He didn't really have the help by anyone in society, really. So he just went into the spiral of thinking, it's my fault. There's nothing that I can do. There's no one like me. No one's going to help me. There's no point. But somewhere, yeah, it's it's fucking sad. But somewhere in that darkness, Earl found a light to say, like, well, fuck this. No one is going to help me. I'm going to help them. And so Earl decides to be the help that he needed. Those, It was like maybe a little less than 30 years ago when he decided to leave his wife and go out onto the streets of um, Calgary. So in 2010, Earl Silverman would decide to open his own home in an attempt to help others that were in his situation. There would be about 20 men that were fleeing abusive situations. Some would arrive with their children that would find sanctuary at the Men's Alternative Safe House, otherwise known as MASH, which became the only privately funded shelter for male victims of domestic abuse in Canada. But if you caught a certain word that I said, you would know where the downfall is already going to happen. Being privately funded meant that Earl Silverman basically had to pay for this out of pocket. And, like, he ran the shelter out of his own home. He bought a really big house and bought all the groceries for these men, paid for all the heating, electricity, yada, yada, out of his own pocket. He would desperately try to get funding, of course, from public places, privately, through donations. Earl would attempt to go to both provincial and federal governments, but no one would want to donate to something that would, quote-unquote, help male victims and their children because... Whether we like it or not, we do live in a society that very much stigmatizes. And it's not even just Canada. Like, I took a feminine feminist theology class uh, in undergrad. And there was a really interesting fact that I had read that, you know, we're seeing a lot of cases where female teachers are sexually assaulting students. And it's kind of this argument that no, we're not having these teachers that are suddenly becoming sexual deviants in society. It's that female teachers have always been sexually abusing their students as well as males. But in this study, I'm going to talk about female teachers. I'm not trying to be biased. That's just the study. But female teachers have always been sexually assaulting their students in these numbers. We're just finally at a point where we're starting to charge them for it. Yeah. Because, like, South Park literally made an episode where Kyle's brother Ike had an affair with a kindergarten teacher. And when Kyle find out, found out and went to the cops, the cops were like, that teacher? Nice. 
and they like didn't fucking do anything about it. Yeah. So it's like it, it's not just me. It's ingrained in our cultural humor. Cult- culture. <laughs> it's in, <laughs> it's in the TV shows. Commandments of South Park. Yeah, but it, it just brings a very interesting like when you look at the Ken and Barbie murders, Barbie fucking got off because she was a female and she was seen as someone who couldn't commit such a heinous crime when in fact she was fucking the right hand man, if not like the leading lady sometimes. It's just like it's she should have been in jail for the rest of her goddamn life. And mm. uh, she's a free woman. And, you know, it's probably to say that there's not a double standard in terms of that. There there definitely sometimes is. Oh, yeah. And so because the government would not want to fund him because it was really hard for him to find private funding outside of his own money. Earl would have to make the devastating choice to shut the house down when he could no longer afford the grocery bills or the heating bill. Hmm. He ended up selling it to a man named Stephen Howitt. I believe in 2013, it had only ran about two and a half to three years. Stephen would say that he was helping Earl move his belongings and got the sense that Earl was really frustrated that, you know, the government didn't help him and that his shelter basically failed because of this. But after talking to Earl and helping him move his things and hearing how Earl was going to stay with a buddy, he could have not predicted what happened next. When Stephen came back to the house the next day, he would only find Earl's roommate there. And so kind of expecting Earl to not be at the house, Earl's roommate would go ahead and show Stephen around the house saying, you know, here's the front door, here's where the (laughs) kitchen is, (laughs) here's the living room, and then they start making their way over to the garage. And that's when they notice that the garage door is already open, and that's when they discover Earl Silverman's body hanging in the garage. Oof. Stephen and Earl's roommate, whose name was Tom Maddie, would end up calling for help, but at even at that point, it was already too late. They would end up finding a four-page suicide note mm. at the house, blaming the government for failing to recognize male victims of domestic abuse. And also, Earl would state in his note that he hoped his death would bring more awareness to the issue of male abuse. And so for you, Earl, I want to take this little section before I move on to highlight some to highlight some statistics about the violence that men face in domestic or like intimate relationships. So according to the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, about 43% of men report experiencing some form of sexual harassment or assault in their lifetime. About 52.4% is by an acquaintance, while 15.2% is by a stranger. One in four of these male victims will experience their first rape between the ages of 11 to 17. Hmm. According to the Domestic Violence Research Organization, 19.3% of males are assaulted by their partner in their lifetime at least once. It's about 23% for women. I was kind of shocked by that. Like figured it would have been a way bigger disparity so that's like also something that I found really interesting about this Hmm. what I also found that was really interesting was that there is a higher victimization rate for males than there is females when it comes to high school students 
though women do have a higher percentage over their lifetime. 43% of men would report coercive abuse and domestic relationships, so women or their partner trying to monitor, control, or to threaten them, while women only reported 41%, so surprisingly men do experience this more, apparently according to this in domestic relationships. And spoiler alert, if you haven't heard the new episode of Euphoria, like skip over 30 seconds. Thank you, Kat, for like highlighting this by gaslighting the fuck out of your boyfriend into fucking dumping you. Like I watched this and my jaw dropped. I was like, Kat, you are doing exactly what I am writing about. And no, don't. Don't prove my point. Don't prove my point, Barbie. I love you so much. I watched it today. (sighs) And when she when she did when she was saying that stuff, I was like waiting for it to clip into one of those Oh, she's joking. Dream uh-uh. sequences that she's imagining, saying all that, and then nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> I was like, damn. Fucking girl. proved my point. Proved my point. Because it, you it might as happens. well just text him. Ethan, you'd not fucking deserve that, my dude. But yeah. Proved my point right fucking there. Thank you, Kat. <laughs> Love you, girl. <laughs> Intimate partner violence among races. It is reported 15.9% among whites. among Latinos, and 61.8% among African Americans. And to end on some words about Earl, because without him, we would have not, I at least would have not known about really this topic. Earl left no family behind, but he did leave behind a community that really respected the fuck out of him for trying to do this. Because at the end of the day, like, he did help those 20 men that, and their kids. It's just like... To say that there's not a need for it, obviously there was, because men were going. It's it's just really sad. His roommate, Tom Maddy, would say that Earl was a very caring person, very emotional, very direct and honest, but, you know, like, he battled a lot of demons. Earl Silverman very much believed in fairness and injustice, and he was just staggered constantly that over a period of 20 years, something so simple and so logical as gender rights and equality would be so impossible for so many people to access. James Huff, the director of operations of an online radio station, A Voice for Men, would broadcast a tribute to Earl. He would say that he meant a lot to those in Canada specifically. He was the only person in Canada who had the dream of doing what he did. He was the only guy to recognize a problem with the fact that men were not receiving the type of support they needed to overcome domestic violence situations. But unfortunately for Canada, and I don't even know what other places, probably even us, have no idea. Earl just happened to live in yours, Canada. Sorry, eh? Uh, there is no longer a place for males to go in, if they are seeking refuge from a domestic violence situation. Earl's was the only one of its kind, and there has never been one like it since. And so, yeah, that is like the really uh, fucked up ending to this. I wish I, if There's, I can um, find. Sorry, I just have a question. There's no specific shelter for men escaping domestic violence, but there are shelters that they could go to regardless of what they're seeking shelter from, like half I would assume like a homeless shelters. Homeless but... shelters and stuff. But to say that 
you're not getting the resources that you would need. Oh, yeah. I mean... As you would, like, a battered woman shelter. You know, like, the therapy and the fucking... Right. <laughs> it's... 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 I can... Now it's not as bad. Like, we definitely... I don't know how it was for Earl, because I know this was... When he left his wife, it was some, like, 30-odd years ago. Or, like, maybe a little less than 30 years ago. So I... He said that the only thing he had was anger management. So I don't know if he thought of going to a homeless shelter or if one was even accessible. Like, I don't, I have no idea when those things even became happening. But it's just, but yeah, yeah when but first... there's a um, crazy amount of human and social services resources that the average human has trouble accessing in the first place, let alone such a specific resource for uh, the male population. Well, it's it's like I have issues with the resources that even women have trying to leave domestic violence situations. So I can't even imagine the problems that a male would have if they were trying to leave the same one, because there is a real stigma behind that. And unfortunately, like there are women that are, can be just as evil as a man. Like evil does not fucking discriminate. I don't get where we think that, but it doesn't discriminate. Anyone can be it. And so just, because it happens to come in the form of a woman, we're going to think it's less likely or we're going to kind of ignore it or push it to the side. It's just like we we need to hold everyone accountable. And at the same time, we need to help all victims. It's just, you know, it, just because it's 20 percent or it's less than 20 percent, it's such a small percentage doesn't mean that you push those people to the side. So that's why I thought yeah. it was a really interesting thing to talk about, because you see one like. Earl Silverman did not deserve to die the way that he did trying to make a statement of hey like I'm dying because I need to bring justice to the all these men around me like even I feel like in his suicide it was kind of like he was trying to help others not necessarily trying to like right, help like, himself it was just because honestly I like literally I, wanted to bring awareness to the issue and, like, well, would I have even found this case if had he not committed suicide? Because that's the only reason that this story was blowing up. Like, yeah, there was one article that was written about when his shelter was getting shut down. But a lot of the articles happened because he committed suicide. So it's like he knowingly did that to try and... It's just, like, probably, obviously, other reasons that he was doing it. But it's a fucked up thing that he felt like he had to go to that point to try and make a statement it's right. just you know we we need to stop telling boys to don't cry suck it up like if you're feeling sad if you're feeling any type of way you are allowed to talk to someone about that and try and express it in a healthy manner because the more that we try and tell people like oh these emotions aren't valid oh you need to get over it you need to not think about that instead of like learning how to process it healthily healthfully then like we're just going to continue to create this society of fucking like people with problems <laughs> and like <laughs> don't know how to like correctly express themselves and sometimes it can turn into violent situations or sometimes it can just turn into like mommy and daddy issues it's just like the the ray array is fucking if i can do it you can do it yeah i'm reading one book right now i'll recommend it next time it's very good 
it's helping me rethink my habits. But it's just something I definitely think it is needs to be talked about more. I don't think yeah. I've really hear much about this because just because it's not happening to a lot of people doesn't mean that you shouldn't not talk about it. And I mean, like what? It was 19 point something percent compared to 23 percent. Granted, it was only one time and it's only reported. So the statistics, of course, can be way off. But I was really surprised by how close they were. And it's not like yeah. that big of a disparity. Mm-hmm. But it's just something to think about, you know, food for thought. Yeah, so. food for thought. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kristen. Yeah, sorry it's a little short, but I did not want to save this for, you know, Drunk Mystery and History. just kind of had to be its own little standalone. Give us, yeah. give us its little moment to shine. So for you, Earl Silverman, I don't know if you would have liked this episode, but, you know, at least I'm trying. <laughs> well, you know, we're spreading awareness about the issue that he died for, so. Yep. And if you have something negative to say, well, then you get up here and you talk into this microphone. I don't see you doing <laughs> it. Until next time, guys, be sure to, <laughs> to like, comment, subscribe. Hopefully nothing mean. It always helps out the show. At R-A-R-W podcast. And yeah, if you want to hear a certain topic, say hi, become the number one fan. Um, <laughs> the first and only. You know, one. yeah, we'll see. You know what to do. Holla at us, Red Rum and Red Wine Podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, bye. Ha <laughs> ha